0: This is The Neutral Position, hosted by Nick Palmisciano, bringing honesty and reason back into conversation. Here's your host, Nick Palmisciano.
1: I want to take a quick moment to thank one of our sponsors. When the founders of Ugly Chews reached out to sponsor the program and I looked at their website and saw the chews, I have to tell you, I thought Ugly Chews were appropriately named. They're very ugly and your dog chews on them. Nailed it. Then the samples arrived and I realized they are not named correctly. They are far, far uglier than the word ugly lets on. They're hairy. They're not artificially colored, they're gross. But you know who didn't find them gross? My athletic body with a dumb face that won't let him breathe Boston Terrier Rufus. Rufus can't get enough of them. Instead of sitting around slobbering and struggling to breathe, he sits around slobbering on an ugly chew while he struggles to breathe. He loves the damn things. These uglier than ugly chews are healthy. There are no artificial ingredients. There are no chemicals. It's just disgusting, horrific nature wrapped up in an ugly sun-dried chew. And in addition to being good for your dog's digestion, these things don't fall apart and get soggy like rawhide. I hate to say it because they're so damn ugly, but they're the best thing to happen to dogs since man let wolves get close to the fire and domesticated them. And if you're not happy with them, ugly chews gives you your Money back. So if you want to make your dog happy and healthy, go to uglychews.com. That's right, uglychews.com. Hey guys, and welcome to The Neutral Position. Today we have educator extraordinaire, Matthew Boudreaux. He started the Acton School System. You've got like a thousand degrees, and now you're doing a thing called Apogee Strong. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Hey man, thank you, I appreciate it. So I I love the title Education Extraordinaire and I will definitely steal that. Um, But more importantly, I say I'm a, a focused husband and a father first, education next. And when we start talking about education, what I'm talking about is all of our platforms from the Acton Academy Schools to Apogee Strong. Everything is around sovereignty and freedom. So anybody that we serve, the young heroes, whether they're on our campuses, whether they're in our Apogee programs, whether the dads in our Apogee programs, mm-hmm. right? The the young people that uh, we serve through the Young Man's Program, the the Home Education Program, we are teaching them to define education for themselves in terms of how do I become more sovereign, more free in what I'm trying to pursue.
1: So. I'm going to stop you just on the word sovereignty yes, sir. because uh, you know when you when I hear sovereign I think of the dude that won't show his ID when he gets pulled over by the police because he's a sovereign citizen he's his own country whatever what do you mean by sovereign
0: Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. So when we say sovereignty, we talk about picking up the pen to write your own script. So most people are born in this country and you're put immediately into these systems of okay. now you're in the medical system. Now you're in uh, the schooling system. Now you're in all of these systems that demand you to decide uh, who the greatest authority is and you're going to blindly obey that authority. Mm. And I'm not anti authority. What I am is let's take control of your own life. Let's take control of your own destiny. Let's pick up your own pen. Let's learn that you are your own primary physician. You are your own primary educator. You are your own primary financier, right? You get to write that story, and you get to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, whenever you want. And usually when people understand they can write that script, it's not a, hey, I'm not gonna talk to you, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, you get off my land, you get, they're usually more poised to serve at that point and build relationships at that point
1: but but we live in a free country what do you think keeps people from being sovereign do we you tell me
0: so i think that's a great question right so when i talk about education i always frame it in terms of what should education be for all right and that's where we're starting so freedom and sovereignty if you are going to a system that we call school Mm -hmm. and that system says from five years old to 18 years old You have to blindly obey. You do what we say when we tell you to do it. You raise your hand to ask another human if you can go to the bathroom, they might say no. They're giving you this very narrow scope of a focus of a game, and if you don't play that specific game well, they're gonna tell you something's wrong with you and maybe you're quote unquote behind. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, to me, sound like a mindset of freedom, Mm -hmm. of pick up your pen and write your script. So. I think there is a facade of freedom, but we are still told, this is what you have to do from five to 18. And then we need to obey a medical system uh, throughout that entire time too, that says you have to take these various things, otherwise you don't even get to come to our schools and and you lose freedoms there. And then when you get done, you gotta make sure you go into a work, you know, you go into the workforce and, and, and you start paying X amount of taxes to whoever we tell you to pay as much as we tell you. Sure. So there's freedom, and there's not freedom.
1: Sure, so I mean, on the, on the school side, you know, we talked about this a little bit before you came out here. Yeah. I started my education in Montessori, mm-hmm. and I loved school back then. I mean, absolutely loved school. It was like the best time of the day, like excited to go, excited to learn, loved my teachers. Um, and this is when uh, my dad was a GS employee and we were living in Naples, Italy. Mm-hmm. Moved back to the States and then went to public school and I was still a good student, but I now hated school. Mm. School became a chore. Um, it was, you know, here's some material, memorize the material for a short period of time, mm-hmm. pass the test, and, you know, let's move on to the next thing. The only exception. Um, were a couple of classes where, and i there were a few, but there's one in particular that always pops in my head. It's called Problems and Interpretations in American Society. And it was by an educator uh, named Mr. McManus. And every week we were given a different thesis mm-hmm. and we had to challenge that thesis mm-hmm. one way or the other, agree with it, you know, uh, go against it, uh, something in between and write a three page paper every Beautiful. single week. Um, And very few people wanted to take that class because it asked a lot of you. Mm -hmm. Best class to this day, Mm -hmm. the best class I've ever had in my life because it forced free thought. That class, you know, Mm -hmm. Mr. McManus has passed. But before he passed, that class essentially was removed because it did not fit with the national standard. Mm -hmm. But that class is the basis for how I write now. And, you know, I now have been paid as a writer several times Without that class, I don't know that I'm as good, mm-hmm. and you can't even have it anymore. That's right. So, you that's know, right. th- that's a problem.
0: Education always asks a lot of you. Education is is gr- Growth. That's all it is. It's it's learning the the root the two root words that make up the word education. One is to draw out. So you're drawing out that inherent genius, that inherent uh, that DNA inside you that says, "Look, I'm I'm actually really good at this. I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm excited about this. I don't love this." It's that self awareness piece, right? That's a part of it. And the other part of it is scaffolding in the things that you want to know or learn how to do yep. in order to do the things that you want to do. Right? Those are the root words none of that has anything to do with a a specific checklist, right? Again, that's schooling. I always differentiate between the two. got schooling and you have education. Mm. And so because of that, you also have teachers and you have educators. I can have any monkey be a teacher because they're just following a script of making somebody else follow another script. An educator is somebody that does demand the best from you. Mm. They're going to challenge you. They're going to draw things out of you. So Mr. McManus sounds like a great educator. He's amazing, right? And here's the thing: there's a lot of great educators still in the system. Uh, I get pegged quite often as the anti-teacher, anti—that's nothing could be further from the truth. I'm very pro good people in a broken system, and you Mm -hmm. alluded to that system when you said, "Well, this got taken out because it no longer fits the mold of what the funding is for." Right? That anything that's making you actually think. And how it's important that gets stripped out. So you're, you're stripping out anything that is not related to the testing that is going to create the funding, right? So you're also stripping out all of the trade programs, right? There's more six figure jobs available in this country that don't require a college degree than do. And a big part of that is the trades, right? But we can't find anybody to fill it because Hey, college for everybody right? It's the, everybody's got to go to college to be successful sort of thing, right? So trades get eliminated from schools. We're not testing them anyways. And so all these young people who would be able to build this amazing career and would love to do that, don't get the opportunity to even get exposed. We pull out the physical education. We would like to talk about mental health in schools, Mm -hmm. but mental health is directly tied To physical health especially for our young men which i know we'll get into but we pull physical education right out of there as well and then we wonder why we have all these mental health problems and we're just medicating kids instead of getting them to be physically active right so you have all of these things that are being sucked out of the schools so you have this very narrow focus And there's already, you know, you and I, we could live to be 100. We're already going to only get to 1% of 1% of 1% of all there is to know. But we're going to make that focus even smaller and say every single person needs this exact info. Whether or not we can extrapolate that to any terms of success or not, it's ridiculous. And it's intentional.
1: Why, Why do you think we've moved away from a model where essentially the town or the state, you know, was able to build their own program? Like essentially you could build your, when I was a kid. Yeah. The teachers-
0: Had so much, they had intellectual freedom. They had a lot of autonomy as to what
1: they were gonna teach, Mm -hmm. how they were gonna teach it. Um, And that is not the case now. My brother's an educator. He's Mm -hmm. a department head for a a history department in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. He's a great teacher. Um, In fact, he kinda got pushed onto the, hey, you're doing great, so you should be a principal. And uh, he did one year of being a vice principal and and then returned to being an educator Mm -hmm. because even though he did a great job, He's in it for the kids. Otherwise, yep, right. he said, if I wasn't, yep. if it wasn't about teaching kids, I'll go make money and mm-hmm. do something. You know, but that's right. Um, but it is challenging. You know, and I, I certainly won't speak for him, but there are a lot of challenges in the system about what you're allowed to do, what you can't do. Very much so. How do we fix that?
0: We don't. We can't. Um, we you, won't. You really
1: believe there's no? There's, I'm,
0: I am. I bet my life on it. I bet my entire career on it i bet my entire family on it
1: Why do you i know that we won't
0: so there's a there's a gentleman who passed a couple of years ago named john taylor Gatto, g-a-t-t-o and and kudos by the way to your to your brother and all the good educators out there again i am the biggest supporter of good humans and we aren't, public schools aren't going away And there's a lot of young heroes who will never, ever have the chance to go anywhere else. I want good human beings in that system, right? Because they're going to be the, even in a broken system, they're going to be the light that is there. They're going to be, for for some of these young heroes, these are the best relationships of it because the the people at home might suck as humans, right? So I want good people. So I am the biggest fan of those people. Mm -hmm. But the system itself is designed for slavery and i don't use that word i was going to say it's a very strong it's word. a strong word it's why i use it and if i knew a stronger one i would use that it's designed for slavery so there's a gentleman named john taylor Gatto, g-a-t-t-o passed a couple years ago uh, most people who are listening to this if you are a teacher you know as you went through with the system to get your your licensing your credentialing you never heard of this man nobody ever Nobody ever told you about this guy or his work, even though he was a public school teacher for 30 years, was New York state teacher of the year multiple times. You don't hear about his work ever because if you read his work while you're going through and getting your licensing done, you would leave the profession because what he did better than anybody else was he spoke to the why behind the way school looks, the why behind the structure that we implement, the structure that outside of like a Montessori, the structure that the conveyor belt school structure, like why was that in place and why does that not look any different mm. than when it started really like 150 years ago outside of the intellectual freedom component, right? This is a Prussian model, was brought over by, it was like a Prussian military model and the whole thing is has nothing to do with child development and I will never do the explanation justice the way he does. So I always tell people to go find his work Uh, underground history of American education, uh, weapons of mass instruction, dumbing us down. He's got so many great resources, but essentially the gist was this. There were people who had a hand in some of the, some of the names you recognize, like the Rockefeller family and and some of these, these old, uh, industrial revolution magnates that brought this over and Rockefeller himself is on record go look for yourself of of saying i want a nation of workers not a nation of thinkers so he put what is the equivalent of 1.2 billion dollars today into making sure we created a public school system that everybody had to go to to create a nation of people who could no longer think for themselves that was the intent that has been the intent And there is now so much money, so much political uh, power that is interwoven with what is supposed to be education, right? This unique, wildly personal thing for everybody. It's this system of every one size fits all. We're all in this factory line together doing the same thing at the same time.
1: But this does, this feels a little conspiracy. It sure does. It feels a little conspiracy theory. So I got, I'm, do you, do you think that there is like a, a cobble of people that are really sitting around going? like we need to make sure kids aren't thinking i
0: i really don't know and i'm okay i i feel fully okay saying i don't know who's pulling the strings i don't know if there's anybody pulling the strings if we've got a system now that is just a self-perpetuating system right because here's what i do know when i came into the public school system i was trained on how to keep the system rolling i wasn't trained on really what child development looks like i wasn't trained on how to get down to that unique design and unleash the dna of every young person i was working with how to to find out who they were and how to open up doors for him or her i wasn't trained on that i was trained on here's what you do when you do it and how to get them to obey you while you're at it So at this point, it's this self-perpetuating system Mm. that, again, is government-funded. Everybody's required to go to it. You're born into this cult of everybody goes to school. That's what it is, and it just looks like this. So it won't change because there's so much money, politics, and power in there. So I had somebody ask me this not too long ago. I went and did a keynote presentation for a great organization that comes into schools after school, and they do real-world project-based Uh, Kind of education, and I got to speak to 3,000 representatives from their organization. All these uh, amazing teachers and educators from around the country, and then I spoke to their award winners in this small little private event. The administrator of the year asked me that very thing. She says, "Well, how do we how do we fix this?" She's like, "I'm seeing it." I see it from the inside. This is not about kids. This is not okay. How do we fight back and fix this? Is it a school board play? Is it like, is it, are we going against the unions? Like, what are we, how do we fix it? And I said, how do you fix the Vatican? At this point, it is such a big organization that is self-perpetuating. You're not going to shift the entire thing. You need to build something different. So that's what we're doing is building something different.
1: So I, you know, before, before we talk about acting. Yeah. and I absolutely respect that building you know building yep. your own solution to a problem is yep. my favorite thing to do yep. That being said, I'm still an optimist when sure. it comes to our system sure. like our public system I I personally am a, a person that believes that with very few exceptions people aren't typically evil they think they're Ag- doing the right thing agreed there are exceptions
0: and I think 99 percent of our teachers fall into that. Category. They think they're doing the right thing.
1: So, what do you, if you were going to approach this, if yeah. you were going to say, "I'm going to fix public school," let's yep. just say for a sec it's oh, fixable. Yes. What is the first thing that we need to do? Yeah.
2: Well, can oh. I even add to that question? Oh, God, I love that. Oh. What advice, oh, Julia? What do you oh, have to say? Well, two of my sisters are public school teachers. Yep. One of them, my oldest sister has been a teacher for 20 years. Yeah. She was my math teacher. Yes. <laughs> and your uh, sister was your math teacher? My sister and I still failed math. We're so going to
1: have to thanks, unpack Dave. that later. It's yeah. Yeah. a lot of trauma, you
2: She was a great teacher and she still is a great teacher. Sure. Neither one of my sisters would recommend anyone else becoming a teacher. So I even would say that teachers know that the system that they're in is very corrupt. What advice? I talked, I talked to them all day about it. Yeah. What advice would you give to teachers, though, that aren't ready to leave the system, that want to make a change? Like, what could they do today?
0: Yeah. So I was always what I called creatively insubordinate. But the reality is most teachers, most people don't have the balls to buck a system mm-hmm. because there's all the other. Right. Think, Think about what it would take to leave a religion that your entire family is in. Yeah. Think about that because mm-hmm. you decide, hey this to me seems like there's better evidence over here for whatever a a different spirituality or a different religion Mm -hmm. right so you're like okay i'm gonna go ahead and 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 go this way because i see more evidence over here why would most people not do that well everybody they know all of their friends all of their family are over here so as soon as you say well i'm going this way and there's better evidence over here does do people tend to go well let me see the evidence hell no they go, you're being distracted. You're joining a cult. You're going this way. We need to save you. You need to get back over here, right? That's the response. So most people never even try. Mm-hmm. Most teachers are very much in that boat. And I experienced it firsthand. As soon as I said, hey, by the way. It's also more ex- work. And it's way more work. It's, more work. it's way more work.
2: They're already putting in over hours. They're oh, they're underpaid. putting in crazy like, amount of work. It's hard and it's, to do that.
0: It's extremely hard. And so most people acquiesce. The majority of the teachers I speak to on a daily basis that reach out and go, yep, this is a mess. The majority of them are not willing to leave because they go, well, this is all I've ever known. This is what I've been told I was supposed to do, which, hey, by the way, started in school. This is what I was told to do. This is how long I was told to do it. This is the box I was told to check. And there's just too much writing on I don't have the energy. I don't have the fight in me to go do something different. I'm not wired that way at all. Mm. I can't. I can't acquiesce, and especially when it came down, to, first of all, to my own integrity, looking in the mirror. Once I realized what school was for, mm-hmm. I couldn't continue to do it. So I was creatively insubordinate. I was being brought, I got brought into a superintendent's office as a public school teacher, and he said, we got a problem. You don't do anything you're asked to do. You're not teaching the courses you're asked to teach. You're just kind of doing your own thing. Here's the other problem. You're the most beloved teacher of there of by course. the students and by the staff and by the parents. So this is quite the conundrum because we don't know what to do with you. Yep. And so that's where, again, I naively went, okay, well, I'll be the administrator. Then that changes everything from the top. And you find out that, you know, you've got even less power. You're being controlled even more, right, to, to perpetuate that. So teachers can either be creatively insubordinate, acquiesce, or get out.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, because when you when you're you know, I I coach wrestling, I've coached wrestling basically since the late nineties. Awesome. You're told like when you're, you know, learning about coaching, when you're trying to be a good coach, or for that matter, you know, from my military days, like you're you're told as a leader, as a coach, everybody's different and you need to find a way to lead each individual and to take them on their own journey Mm -hmm. because what works for you, you know, might not work for Kelsey might not work for Julia. Nothing works with Julia. Right. That's a different, it's that's a different, pretty obvious that's, that's a different yeah. problem. Very that was pretty obvious. Um, yeah. But,
0: her it, sister was her math teacher <laughs> I too. That can it, screw people And she up. still failed math. I know. Had a I know. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> but, you know, so we're, we're told that for mm-hmm. basically everything else. Yeah. But then, you know, in school, there is kind of an expectation that everybody has to learn the same way with the same model. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and again, coming back to, my childhood, it was incredibly frustrating. Yeah, Like I went from loving school to hating school. Yep. So you're God for a day of education. Mm-hmm. You can change one thing that you think will set us on a path to fix the current system. I know mm-hmm. you don't believe mm-hmm. it's fixable, mm-hmm. but what is the thing that you change?
0: Um, it'll be a struggle to pick one thing because i lean so heavily now knowing what i know about the game i go 180 degrees the other way Uh, and i really think school and education not only are they not side by side they're they're diametrically opposed so when i'm talking about changing school to make it a place of education words matter i would eliminate the standards as they are currently defined now standards themselves are a good thing, yes, right? And this is where this is where words start to, they, they matter so much, right? Because standards are a good thing. The schools will say things like, we're building lifelong learners, right? It's all the cliches that you like, that's a great thing, the problem is in the execution, we're not actually doing that, we're killing the love of learning on purpose, right? So I would eliminate the standards because the standards would then trickle down to define, okay, well, then that I guess that gets rid of subjects. It gets rid of grade levels. It gets rid of grades, and all of those things need to go away if we're really going to get to a system of educating each individual person. So I would eliminate the standards from the get go, because what there's, what does every single human actually need to know? We don't ever stop to actually ask but, that question.
1: The pushback, of course, is going to be, how do you know if the kids are learning if you're not grading them?
0: So how do you know you're doing a good job if you're not getting graded? How do, there's no other system where we grade human beings. Mm. Outcomes matter. Sure. Being good at something matters, being proficient at something matters, but who decides that? Well, your friends or the relationships you're in decide if you're a good friend. They decide if you're a good husband. They decide if you're a good son or good daughter. The market decides if you're a good product because they're willing to pay you for it, right? There's all these things that matter, but nobody goes, hey, you got an A in being a husband this year. You got to be like, so, and what my, is- My and, wife does. She she's, probably she's does, hard, that's a good point. Though. That's a good point. I've never, I've never well, received an A thus far. And then we've got to define what learning means too, right? Because when people ask that question, well, how do we know they're learning anything? Mm-hmm. What they're saying is I'm still in the cult mentality and how do I know they're checking off the school related subjects at the time school says they should be checking it off, right? So always bring people back and say, well, how do you know your child learned to walk? They didn't go to school for it. They didn't go to school for it. Well, you know, because they got up, they tried, they fell, they failed, they got up, they tried again. You, by the way, as the parent cheered on the failure because you know what the other side of that failure was success, right? But then they got to school and you're like, ooh, don't fail. Fail is a bad word now. And thus starts the mindset shift where we no longer are brave enough to try new things and fail at them. That's interesting. Right? That's you, interesting. It, we take yeah. that away altogether and the parents get right on board with it because the cult tells them now that they're five, they can't fail. They've got to do it at the right time and they got yeah. to... So the, again, it's the antithesis. And somebody said this, and I don't remember who it was, I wish I could give credit, but somebody said, and I fully believe it, it would only take one generation of people, if we started sending kids to school at six months of age, it would only take one generation before everybody believed you wouldn't learn to walk unless you went to school. So let's extend that. Mm. It would only, it, we are now more than a generation into this whole experiment of conveyor belt schooling and people truly believe you can't learn anything worthwhile, you can't set yourself up for success if you don't go to school Mm. that you won't be able to learn. Well, my kids don't go to school. My kids are 12, 10, and seven. They don't go to school. Now, they went to schools that I built. Since we've moved, they don't go to school. And I also don't homeschool them. I allow them to be educated and to self-educate. My 12-year-old is currently in the process of, I don't know, she's got about 200 pages in on the book that she's writing. Mm. Um, We've had horses. We had horses in California. The first time we got horses, it was because my daughters at the time were like nine and seven, and they bought the horses with the money they made from the businesses they were running because they taught themselves to make money and run businesses. My kids look at our financial system at home. All of our businesses, how does that cash flow work? They take a look at p right? None of them were taught how to read. They all read extraordinarily well, and they love to do it. How many public school kids do you know that love to read, right? They're wildly, wildly capable wildly educated oh and by the way they're really really happy they love talking to other adults they're not self-conscious they work out every single day they know how to keep themselves healthy they never get sick and they understand why they understand how to make good food choice so wait a second how do we know they've learned anything hmm. it's a it's a cult question
2: that's so, so interesting i'm so sorry to cut you off then. yeah go, um, ahead. go ahead julia I cut know. me off you're so used to it within public schools there are also I mean when I was in school there was like the AIG kids and then your reading level like pinning kids against sure. each other so yeah. then like the highest kids that are in like AIG math AIG science mm-hmm. they're looked at as top of the class right and then you have a lot of kids that are like left in just like a regular class but then right. it looks as like they're lesser than their right. peers that's right and I'm curious about what you think about like like through that or if you think with what you're doing with your kids yeah you know they're not pitting themselves against each other but then is healthy competition good too because we know healthy competition is great well. yeah. but that's
0: a ridiculous way to compete is to go here's this one tiny narrow focus and by the way if you're not good at that well then you suck at life i mean mm-hmm. that's essentially what we're telling them yes. right yeah. is that there's a head and behind in terms of all of humanity is how that's framed mm-hmm. right so you've got and we all again, there's a logic part of this. And then there's the emotion side of this, because I can walk anybody through logically taking a look at all this and everybody go, yeah, 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 yeah. But then emotionally, you're still attached to the cult, right? So logically, do we all know people who had a really hard time doing well in school, but they are crushing life. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Do we know people who crushed the game of school and are miserable, have horrible relationships, hate their job, hate their life, broke as hell? Like, do we know those people? Yep. Yep. So what's going on? Again, I go back to what should education be for. We talked about sovereignty, freedom, defining that for yourself, picking up the, your script, right? I understand how to have good relationships and make my relationships better. I understand how to make money, keep money, give money. I understand how to stay physically healthy, mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, like that's, And I wanna get better at every single one of them. That's education. We don't talk about that in school. We go, here's a narrow, tiny little freaking game. And if you're good at it at a certain time, we're gonna tell you you're smart. And if you suck at it at a certain time, we're going to tell you you're not or something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And we start saying ahead, behind. Okay. So are there other 46-year-olds that make more money than you? Absolutely. Sure. Are they ahead or are you behind? Who cares? Who cares? And who cares when they're 5 and 8 and 12?
1: But that's something that took me some life experience to realize.
0: You bet. I mean, that's
1: a, you know, so going back first to what you were talking about, You know, I I had a a kind of a flashback to when I moved from Italy back to the States. Mm -hmm. The school was very, very not okay with the fact that I had skipped a grade. Mm -hmm. And my parents were like, well, put him in honors classes because he's good at school. Mm -hmm. They were like, we don't feel like somebody his age is going to be able to hang. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they pushed back and I basically had to start in like the regular classes Mm -hmm. Uh, in middle school and you know it was a joke for me Um, and I got even more frustrated with school so I was acing everything wasn't learning anything wasn't pushed Mm -hmm. but then when I finally had my choice Mm because in high school you can pick your own level I went to the honors classes I was almost ostracized because I hadn't been in the honors classes in middle school even though I did extremely well but for like a year, I had to kind of earn my stripes, so to speak, with mm-hmm. the kids that had... Because of the, the, the structure of mm-hmm. how kids see themselves. You're either a smart kid, or you're a regular kid, or mm-hmm. you're a dumb kid. Mm-hmm. So it, for us, it used to be like level one, level two, level three. If you yeah. were level three, you were like the dumb kid. If you All were right. level two, you were a regular kid. If you were level one, you were smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a couple of times where people kind of took maybe one level one class Mm -hmm. and it was like a thing you know Mm -hmm. which to me like as an adult now it's such a preposterous it's ridiculous way of looking at things it's ridiculous
0: and when you take kids out of that then they stop looking at dumb kids regular smart kids they start looking at Who's a nice person, who has character, who has value, who has competence, yeah. who has like like we do in life in general.
1: And and box checking. And I tell this yes. I tell this to people now. Like I tell this to my kids, I tell it to all these guys. Mm-hmm. Trying to check a certain box mm-hmm. of where you're supposed to be yep. is insane. I, I literally Completely. just had this conversation with a with a high level USA wrestler mm-hmm. who Is doing extremely well. His his wrestling career is he's getting better and better. He's right in the mix for the Olympics. Awesome. And you know he was like, you know I'm 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 getting you know deep into my 20s and I I haven't built a business or anything yet and I feel like I'm running out of time. And I'm like, listen, man, do you want to be the best wrestler on planet Earth? Like yes. It's like you're not going to get another chance to do that, Mm -hmm. and you're in your 20s. You have infinite time, you know, Mm -hmm. and by the way, you could start something small on the side and you Mm -hmm. don't know what that's going to turn into. Like you have infinite time. There is not a specific thing you have to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: I've been, you know, with businesses, I've been up, I've been down, I've had great experiences. I've had terrible ones. But the cool thing about running your life like this is I'm always doing what I want to do. That's right. Even if it's hard, that's even right. if it's not going my way at any given point, yep. you know, I'm, a, I've had a very interesting life thus far. Yeah. I think that is more valuable than
0: so much more,
1: whatever you so have much in the more. bank, as and long like, as you're, you know, you got to be able to eat for sure. But if, as long as your family's taken care of, everything else is really just noise.
0: Right. And so my opinion, I agree. And there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes along with living a life that there way. Is. Right. Yep. But that's where I'm leaning into that's a as a sovereignty piece you're making these decisions now infinite responsibility there infinite responsibility right? that's right the opposite side of that is just being the guy who checks off the boxes for whoever tells them to check the boxes and whatever yes. boxes those are Which again, that's what starts at school. And then you go to college and it's like that same thing. And then, you know, now you're going into the workforce and and I'm hearing from all these fortune 500 companies that are like, we're hiring these kids. We want to fire all of them because all they're doing is asking what boxes do I check next? And, and if I check this box for six months, can I make a hundred
1: grand? Right. You will, you'll appreciate this story. My, my own, my one and only fortune 100 gig right after I I left, uh, graduated from Duke university with an MBA. I went to work for John Deere, which is a great company. Yeah. I really love the company, yep. love the people there.
2: This video is not sponsored by John Deere. This, fi- no. this, this, is this video sp- is not sponsored, <laughs> but, it not could yes. but could be.
1: That's right. Um, <laughs> but but I, I got in trouble. Uh, so my first job was with the corporate brand licensing division. And, you know, if you remember a period of time where John Deere clothing was like the, oh, yeah. the heat. yep So that was... Uh, this guy, Dean Hampke, this woman, Molly Reddish, and me, just constantly finding ways to make John Deere cool. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did, there was a... David Letterman used to have a thing where um, brands that, that did something charitable would be highlighted on his shirt. And there was a giant bear, like a dude dressed in a bear costume, that would come on and like present the brand or okay. whatever. And so... Without asking anybody, I wrote this, like, really funny letter from, you know, and sent, I don't know, $2,000 worth of clo- or clothing, uh, toys, and a bunch of stuff to be donated to kids. And uh, sent it. Next thing you know, like, everything's popping off on social media. And I'm, I'm hearing, like, you know, Letterman did it. And I, I watched the episode. And he gave John Deere a huge shout out. And our toy sales went up. And our shirt sales went up. I get called to task with John Deere PR because, and and I don't blame them, but I didn't run it by anybody. Mm -hmm. And even though it went well, like, what if I had said the wrong thing or the language I used in this letter could be construed as this or that. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I don't think they're wrong because what if, what if I was an idiot and I did say the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and I, but to me, it's like, I just made us money Mm -hmm. for free Yep and we won, and I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that moment was when I knew that I could not stay yep. in corporate America because yep. I really think they're one of the coolest companies to work for, Yeah, and it still was not, like it, it made me so unhappy. That yeah. moment was like.
0: Yeah, see, I think we all have moments like that young or old where we go
1: oh gosh
0: i want to make my own decisions dude i want to make my own decisions (laughs) for better or for worse for better or for worse and i want the consequences of those decisions right that's a dna thing man I, i think we are built that way but so many of us give that up very very early And school is the biggest driver of that school and weak parenting the biggest driver of that we give that up and we acquiesce i
1: can't so stanford Mm-hmm. Leads you to start your own school system
0: eventually. Yeah, Stanford to public schools to private mm-hmm. schools, which look just like public schools almost mm-hmm. all the time. To start in my own.
1: What was that? What, what was that experience like? Because you're, you know, Acton Academy has blown up. It's it's a huge undertaking now,
0: and, it,
1: and you've done that in a very short period of time. Yeah, we've
0: gotten big really, really fast. And I, you know, Jeff and Laura Sandeffer um, had the initial Acton Academy, the Acton MBA that they started first in Texas, the mm-hmm. MBA program, because they were seeing a lot of these MBA programs too that are just theory, There's academic theory. And I've had the experience myself. I've had MBA professors at Yale tell me that you know my parenting methods weren't, weren't gonna work and my, uh, my schools weren't gonna work and, and all the business, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, schools are making seven, eight figures a year. My kids are the happiest, healthiest, most disciplined, most thriving young people ever. Hey, by the way, professor, how many businesses have you run? Yeah, zero. Great. Zero. How many kids do you have? Zero. Cool. Keep keep chatting, right? So, uh, they started the MBA program first, and so it was a chance to partner with them to to, to blow this up. So we got to give credit where credit is due. Um, but when you talk about the undertaking of creating something different, you know the the verbiage that I've been using throughout this conversation is cult and religion, and so that's really what we are dealing with. So when you start talking about an undertaking, it is getting people to buy in essentially to a new religion mm. it doesn't matter how much it makes sense from a logical standpoint it is still deprogramming right a population that is so drawn to the way things have always been yep. and feeling like that's right you know mm. and it's that old adage of uh, uh birds born in a cage think flying is an illness and and yeah. really everybody's a little, born little Plato
1: allegory of the cave. Yeah, Allegory I mean. of the
0: Cave, yeah. you know, yeah, Exit in the Matrix. I mean it's like all of these there's all of these these uh examples that we can use and these little metaphors we can use, but I mean that's really what it is. So it's it's getting people to buy in enough. And so it was campus one, you know, it was the hardest one because you're getting enough people to buy in and go, okay, man, I'm going to give this a shot. Let's see what happens. And then the stories start telling themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Then the stories of the young heroes and the transformation start telling themselves and then they start talking and then that's how things, you know, eventually expand. Now, is it something that would no longer face any, de- no, of course not there's still 90 some odd percent of our population has grown up in a conveyor belt school and still feel like this is the way it's got to look. But the more those stories take root, it's, you know, we're on an upward trajectory. Do
1: you think that the quest for college acceptance Mm. is what anchors us to not breaking this system?
0: That's a big part. I think it's a big part. I mean, I think there is a lot rooted in the, well, it's, it's just a fear of my, my child will not be successful smart you know fill in the blank without school i mean that that is a root fear at this point but college has been placed as this uh, arbitrary goal at, at the end where mm-hmm. parents will tie themselves to i want the harvard bumper sticker so that i can tell everybody i was a good parent yeah right there yeah. is still that that um pervasive thought in culture for sure um when i'm very i'm very open about the fact that college is a net negative at this point for more people than it is a positive
1: i agree with that very much so we actually just talked about that yeah this past week yeah um and yeah i i i feel like you don't go to college to get educated anymore Mm. it's not an education yeah no. you know and you're leaving with massive debt massive that, debt that you yep in some cases you're, you're not going to bounce back from very true you know, that's right massive if you, debt if your parents aren't footing the bill yep and you're talking about two hundred thousand dollars of that's right private school debt
0: that's right
1: that's going to change your life in a way that you can't even comprehend at that age
0: that's exactly right and But most parents, again, you're so indoctrinated that they will shell out 200 grand. And I've asked parents, would you shell out 200 grand to buy uh, a franchise and let your kid run it? Absolutely not, too risky. Why is that risky? That's less risky. It's less risky. (laughs) And it's a real education, by the way. Right. But again,
1: they become competent.
0: That's right. But again, nobody wants to do that. They want the school route because that's what everybody does. It's the status quo.
2: Well, I think that kids yes. specifically. <laughs> sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> I feel like at least for me, it's you have to go to college because you have to get the certain type of education because you won't get a job.
0: That's what everybody thinks, right? And and well, that's right. yeah, it's what you're told and it's that's what right. you think. And it's if you don't check one. off these boxes, you're not going to have the opportunity to go check off somebody else's boxes.
2: So if like I wanted to work in like film or like animation, I had to have those skills.
1: But you don't though.
2: But that's what we we're told. Right. And not just from high school, but from like as that's right. a child. And, that's right. you know, my parents did try to discourage me from going to college. Thanks, thanks, mom and dad. Uh, I went anyway because I was convinced, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. probably still. Convinced. I thought you were going to say
1: because you, you don't listen to anyone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my parents were going to laugh at that. Um, <laughs> no, because I really thought that like if I want to be the best of the best, then I have to like be so educated more than anybody else. Well, that
0: part's true. That is true. But you were looking to be schooled, not educated Yeah. because the more you're told what to do, just
1: got schooled.
2: I did just get right.
0: And the more you, the (laughs) more you lean into what you're told to do, the less you lean into what you actually think. Mm -hmm. And that's why most people can't think they don't have the reps their life isn't built around yes. what do I think and how do I think and what is the evidence and yes. am I willing to change my mind and let me like go down the rabbit, let me yes. let me steal man and go and argue the other side so I actually know if I believe this or if I, we're not, that's exactly. not it, yeah. it's do what you're told, do what you're mm-hmm. told, do what you're told.
2: Well, not only that, it's also, you know, if you want to make money, if you want to even survive, if you want a good salary, salary other companies will tell you, you need three to five experience, three to five years of experience at another company, like, you
0: know, Yeah, and you need to be able to fly a helicopter, and you need to be able to fuck. Yeah, yeah, I know all yeah. that, bu- yeah. but it's yeah. bullshit. At it least bullshit, it's bullshit. Can we say bullshit on this? on this yeah, episode? I'll say bullshit. bullshit. Okay, bullshit, good. It is bullshit, and if it's bullshit. And I'm not just saying bullshit from a metaphor. Like, oh man, that sucks. Like, no, it's also bullshit. Yeah. If you go and show anybody that you have the competence that you've That's got. Right. Like if you show them, you show up and just go, hey, here you go, look what I have got here. Nobody, ha- you know Gary Vaynerchuk, right? I've had Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk yeah. on the show and stuff yeah. too. Like Garrett, does Gary have a, a degree and all this? Okay. Absolutely not. But if he walked into any company in, in the planet and, it and it, was like, hey, I want, they'd be stupid. There's no way, right? Mm-hmm. Because they understand how competent he is. By the yeah. way, you don't have to be Gary Vaynerchuk to be competent <laughs> and to show people that you are competent in something, right? You can show them and they'll waive all of the Requirements. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah. damn fast. Yeah. For those Promise. for those
1: of you listening, like if you're in this position where you're really good at something, do the extra work yep. to show the employer, Show it. You know, because people show up unprepared for even competent people, they show up unprepared for interviews. They know nothing about the company. Like if you have an idea to make a company better, lay it out. Do the work, Bingo. show something. If if I had an interview where someone showed up and said, This is how you grow diesel jack media. Yep. You know, by ten million dollars over the next two years, and it was well thought out. Whether or not I agreed with them,
0: yep. Dude, you're fired
1: up. I'm fired up. You're ready to go. This person has thought about it. They have a plan. They did the work, knowing that they might not even get hired. Mm -hmm. Like. Mm -hmm. nobody does that nobody nobody puts the work in and they just whine and complain about like oh i'm not getting opportunity like you're not earning
0: opportunity you're not earning opportunity because you're doing what you were told to do which was first go check off all these boxes of school Mm -hmm. take these courses that were extension of a high school course while you end up getting drunk and yourself into a whole bunch of debt right so do all this first and then you make sure that you're resume has a really cool font and you send that shit in with all the other hundreds of resumes that other people are going to look right. And so now as an employer, I've got a hundred pieces of paper that I'm supposed to arbitrarily and I'm going to pick like, I'm like, okay, well I like this school. I don't like this school. I like this. Like you're doing this arbitrary. You want to be part of that? Yeah. But again, we just create these arbitrary filtering systems because we're told to create a filtering system yeah. of we got to have a degree first and that's how we're going to filter. And that's, so again, it is the doing what we're told versus thinking through any of it. Yeah. Um, it's harder to think there's a lot of anecdotes
1: here. And I would like to get back to a simple question for you. Do you sure. Consider yourself an instant change in success for the people that you educate, or do you think of yourself more as a distiller where you say, give this 10 years Give this
0: 20 years, you're going to be amazed at what happens. Oh, I, 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 there's no way to be an instant educator. If you want people to think and truly define things for their own terms, all I can do it's is about as cliche as you can get. It's like the Morpheus kind of thing. All I can do is go, hey, let me open this door, take a look, and then you're going to jump in or you're not. You're going to go through the door or you're not, right? Or I'll use like Noah's Ark as a freaking – uh you know metaphor i'm like dude i'm gonna build a boat and hey by the way shit's about to get really wet please come aboard whenever you're ready i'm not gonna force you to get on board the ship Mm. right it's that same thing that's how every single thing we do is on is again you're wanting people to think so that they can actually make a decision
1: Four special operations veterans had a vision for a brand of whiskey and vodka made completely in the United States, using American ingredients from the breadbasket of our great nation and American craftsmanship distilled by the legendary team at Cedar Ridge Distillery. And that's where Cold Zero Spirits was born. The whiskey is a unique bourbon and rye blend that makes for an outstanding sipping whiskey, old-fashioned base, or a crisp Sazerac. The vodka is quintuple distilled, for the purest, cleanest vodka flavor you'll encounter anywhere. Try Cold Zero at coldzerospirits.com. That's coldzerospirits.com. Cold Zero, it's your first shot. To me, the most interesting thing about, you know, we talked about the structure of your education. Mm -hmm. You said at the beginning, it's very much like Montessori. Yeah. But as you get older, you start having more and more responsibility to the point where at the end, they're literally running the school, including like ordering food and whatnot. And uh, I found that extremely interesting because one of the things that when I compare kind of my experience at West Point Mm -hmm. to my experience at Duke, Mm -hmm. the kids at both schools are very smart. For sure. Um, But I've... I, to this day, I, I believe that my West Point classmates mm-hmm. as a collective are the most competent people mm-hmm. that I have been around. Mm-hmm. Like if I was just going to, you know, without knowing anything about them, do you want somebody from a service academy to do this job or do you mm-hmm. want somebody from any other, literally any other school, I would err towards service academy without any other details. Mm-hmm. Like once, mm-hmm. once the details are there, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. But. Because you were forced to do things, our education was actually classically liberal, mm-hmm. um, and you know what I mean by mm-hmm. that. Like it was, you know, we were we were reading the great books, and we mm-hmm. were, yep. uh, we were, you know, writing and yep. Shakespeare, and people don't realize they just think, oh, it's a military school, right? But you were forced. We ran our school, yep. so you know, as a freshman, you ha- your responsibility is very little. You're delivering laundry. You're doing mm-hmm. chores. As a sophomore, you're responsible for two freshmen. Mm -hmm. You know, as a junior, you're now responsible for, you know, some people are staff. They're responsible for Mm -hmm. maybe athletics or whatever, and and so forth and so on. To, By the time you're leaving, you actually have a great deal of responsibility Mm -hmm. for how the organization runs. And I'd never even thought about it in the same way until...
0: But how did you know you were learning, Nick? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's exactly it. And so you touch on really what a great education could and should look like we forget all the information in the world is available to us right now for free if you have a freaking library card and you have the internet you have access to all information of all time
1: sure so but one of the things that is that is asked of me a lot is like hey how did you know you were going to be able to do this how did you know you're going to be able to do that once you do enough things, you realize nothing is actually hard. And I, I really believe that like right. whether you're talking about right. running a business yep. or being a medical doctor, or yep. if once you get in it, you can figure it out, Bingo. but you need to get in it. You can't Bingo. look from the outside right. and figure it out. You That's never right. will. I don't care what it is.
0: That's right. And so I have a, uh, one of the TED talks that I've done, I talk about my son asking, you know, saying he wants to do jujitsu and I kind of do this tongue in cheek sort of deal, right? Where I'm like, Hey man, you could, you know, do the school version of jujitsu where you, where you study and you read a book about it, you do a trifold board about it. You watch a video and you do a presentation and we say, now you're good at jujitsu or you can go get on the mat and get your ass kicked and right. And just keep going. And it's all those, it's not the 10,000 hour Gladwell talks about 10,000 hours and that's fine. I like Naval Ravikant's version of it. It's 10,000 iterations right? So you actually try and you fail and you do it over and over and over again. It's all those iterations. And then you figure out that you can learn and become a master at absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that knowledge, that self-knowledge too, then you can start to transfer that to other things, right? Because again, at the education, you're drawing out or you're scaffolding in. So understanding that you have the ability to learn and you have the ability and the bravery to unlearn something that is no longer relevant or no Mm -hmm. longer serves you, right? That's what a real education looks like. And you have to do, you have to experience, right? And so the beauty of what you described as far as the West Point education there was, first of all, you had to do, you had to lead, you had to take control, you had to take responsibility, Mm -hmm. which taught you about how things work, but it also taught you about how you work and how you thought. And then you were diving into the classics. You were diving into those great stories and you were writing about it. Not because that's what school has you do. It's because that's how you learn how to think. You put yourself into these, these great books, what you're doing is you're putting yourself into the shoes of the protagonist in there and you're having to make, you're getting reps in having to make hard decisions and recognize patterns Ooh, did this because this happened and then this That's was right. the outcome of it. Right. And so you,
2: That's right. you start
0: getting the reps in of thinking. Mm-hmm. And then when you write, what's the purpose of writing? Nobody needs to write a yeah. damn essay yep. essays, don't do, but writing itself is teaching you to be a better thinker. Yeah. It's forcing you to think.
1: It's also getting the reps of working through those thoughts, mm-hmm. I think, are extremely important when it comes to moral decisions. Very much so. Because everybody says, I'm going to do the right thing. Right. I'm a good person. I'm going right. to make that decision. But what, in real life, those decisions happen under stress. Bingo. And you, if you have not locked in, this is my rule. Like, hey, I don't care if I go bankrupt. I'm not doing this thing. or I don't care if I lose this relationship, I'm not going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. If you haven't put those reps in. And that means writing about it. That means talking about it. That means thinking about it.
0: Putting it inside your core.
1: You're probably going to do that thing that you said you would never do.
0: Bingo. It's the whole military adage of, of you don't rise to the occasion, you fall back to the level of your your training, right? Yes. And that's part of that training. That's, again, what education should be for, is getting that mental training locked in so during the hard things, you make the integrous decision. You learn it's about the journey. You make the brave decision. You make the decision that that is a decision based on good character, right? It's that, Yes, that's exactly it. When the training school provides is follow the directions, obey, 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 obey. We'll tell you what to do, we'll tell you when to do it, we'll tell you what to do, we'll tell you what to do it. It is so much more dangerous to build that habit than even just even the people who worry about the agendas and all those things coming in and I get that and that's not a, a, something to dismiss but it is that level of training that mm. they are internalizing is that I've always got to ask somebody else's permission. They've got to tell me what to do. They've got to tell me what my life looks like and yeah, what my I'm next step is. I'm looking at other people for approval. I'm looking approval. at everybody else for approval. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at my confidence is based on what somebody yeah. else outside of me is gonna tell me, yep. right? I have unshakable optimism, unshakable freaking confidence. It doesn't matter what happens, none of you are gonna be able to say or do anything any different. That's right. Period, end of story. That's
1: right. So I just coached the the North Carolina nationals so at nationals at wrestling nationals I, I coached the North Carolina women's team yeah and uh, so I spent this really great you know four days with very disciplined young ladies that have goals that have support structures mm-hmm. that you know had to win or lose with grace um, that left the event with like a list of things they were gonna work on in order yeah. to get further in the future and then I get to the airport, and you know the the kids get on one plane, I get on another because I I only fly Delta. This uh, is also not. <laughs> this is also, also not an ad. Does, right. uh, <laughs> but Delta had us. But, with Delta. Uh, so you I to fly you know, shows. and while I'm waiting at the gate, um, this other kid who is sixteen or seventeen, this this girl, is essentially screaming mm-hmm. at her dad because. You know, he said there was going to be good food inside the gate, and there wasn't, and this, everything was, you know, he was like, well, th- I can get you a solid. And she was, salad, and she's uh, salad, and she's like, that's trash, and I could, I'll get you a, a like, he kind of went through this list, and she's like, swearing at him, mm-hmm. she said, you're a liar, you said there'd be food, and it just went on and on, and like, you know, like, I don't spank my kids. I've never felt the need, mm-hmm. and and my kids are very disciplined. Yeah. But if there was a kid that needed to get spanked, it like was that her. was the moment. Yeah. But also, I mean, it's not on her because no,
0: she do, she was never led.
1: She was never provided with a standard.
0: She was never led. That's exactly right.
1: And the standard that this man, I mean, don't get me wrong, I pitied him. Yeah. Because I don't think he was He, I don't think he's a bad person. I agree. But you. I'm very close with my children. Yep. But my number one job is not to be their best friend. Mm-hmm. My number one job is to build you know adults of character Bingo. that can h- handle themselves.
0: That's right. Our job is to build, and what I always say is, we need to build dragon slayers in a time when dragons freaking exist. Man, yours right? is better than. Mine. It's always that, but it's, <laughs> so, and, it's, Man. and we can use and and we can go back to Frederick Douglass too. Said it's easier to build strong. And he's speaking of boys in particular, but you can you can uh, extrapolate that to children. It's easier to build strong children than it is to fix broken mm-hmm. adults. Right? It's it's much more. Uh, you're easy better with to the do words that. than I am. And that's well, I'm that's, talking that's, about leaders of character. Don't forget, I'm like education <laughs> right? I didn't, you know, so no, but that is, that is our role in the way the world is, is, is working now. Things change more rapidly than, than ever before. So parents have this Uh, There's this cultural trend of like, oh, I got to try to predict the future and I've got to try to get them ready for this. And you have no idea what the future is going to look like. So you need to quit focusing externally and start focusing internally and just make it so that you've got this young hero who is going to be wildly prepared for whatever the road is, right? It's that. We're not preparing the the road for the child, it's the child for the road it's not
1: the specific knowledge it's the ability to handle any situation the ability
0: to handle any situation right because again they have been trained on the character the virtues the values the integrity right they've got actual self-confidence because they've done hard things Mm -hmm. and failed and realized that's okay and they learn to be resilient and start again and they have self-awareness because they know what they're good at what they're not good at what they need to partner with somebody right they have all of those things because they've had that as their experience so you said the word discipline and that's another way again words matter so discipline from a cultural perspective you say parents should discipline their children people automatically go to well they should spank they should whatever right and so people ask without fail when the first time they meet my kids Mm -hmm. again my daughters are 12 one's going to be 10 this weekend and my little boy's seven when they meet my kids they go what the hell these were three adults. And the what comes out of their mouth is, how do you discipline your kids? Because they were young adults. And so I always tell them, like, you got to hit with the first two knuckles. No, like, I always, I, always, I, always, I, always, I always tell them, I don't discipline my children at all. Mm. We have shown them how to be disciplined yes. humans. And that's why you see what you see. Yep. Because they are very disciplined people. People forget kids are not learning to be people.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? They're not practicing to yep. be people. They're people with less practice. That's all it is. Yeah. So show them what being a disciplined, effective, character-driven, service-oriented, good human being looks like. Yep. Show them what it means to be self-confident and and give them opportunities to actually do that. Show them what it means to be self-aware and give them opportunities to do that. If you do that, you're providing them with an education by the way parents you are always and forever the number one educator in their lives it's true right so you're educating from day one so the best thing people are like well how do you get your kids to be you know disciplined humans and how do you get your kids i always ask are you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because they say they they will do what you do before they do what you say Mm -hmm. so if you suck as a human yeah they're gonna suck too yeah so So that's first and foremost right? You want them to be happy, healthy, have good relationships, all that. Do it for yourself first, right? Because you're a hypocrite and a half. If you start saying, oh, honey, you can do anything you want to do. And in the same breath, you're like, oh, shit, it's Monday. I got to go to work. I hate my job. I hate my... Well, then why aren't you doing... Yeah, why aren't you doing it? What you want to yeah, do, dad, you, yeah. right? Hey, you should get yourself and, you know, get yeah. healthy, get re- whatever. But if you're not doing every single one of those, then shut your mouth. Yep. You need to work on you first and be the example first. Yeah. That's where it starts. Then you've got to shift into believing in them and providing them opportunities, yeah. right, to learn about themselves and to go forward and all of those things. So
1: let's switch gears, right? You've, you know, you've been wildly successful, you know, building these schools. Mm-hmm but now you've launched apogee strong mm-hmm. with my good friend tim kennedy yeah, which buddy. which tim kennedy does not sponsor those podcasts <laughs> tim kennedy does not sponsor so he could um, <laughs> and you know and that's an adventure into itself so anytime you're involving tim in something A true story you are entering into an adventure you true don't know what's going to happen that's you right. don't know when he's going to show up you that's don't right. know you don't know what <laughs> you don't yeah, know TKT, what tkt man yeah. tim kennedy time
0: yeah for sure <laughs> um, i love him love him to what, death
1: what is the impetus for that Cause, so tell kind of tell people a little bit what Apogee Strong is. Yeah, Apogee so, Strong Dad as well. Yeah,
0: for sure. So thank you for that. So you know, creating in these new, creating the new schools right is, is our answer to fixing, fixing education right, providing opportunities for young boys and young girls to uh, to to be able to move forward and, and truly understand what it means to be educated and to go towards again their version of sovereignty and their version of freedom. But what if we can put that on hyperspeed for the, and again, young ladies program is coming, but I'm a, I'm a man. I grew up as a young man and Mm -hmm. so did Tim. Right. And we don't say that we ever questioned that. And we, we sure were young men growing up as, as to be men. Um, so we thought, well, what if we can put a little extra nitrous into this for the young men? Um, because they are also being done arguably the biggest disservice in our educational system. They are arguably becoming, uh, the the perpetrators of the things that are actually toxic because they're weak uh, going into society because they've not had uh, any leadership because they have no purpose because they're you know they're disenfranchised and they're still trying to tap into this warrior dna that we are all born with and they don't know how to get that out so they're taking all these other vices and they're doing so at a faster pace than our our young girls are Mm -hmm. so tim and i said okay well yeah we're building these schools but what if we can also take all of these amazing men we have in our circles, mm-hmm. his circles, my circles, there's some crossover of those of those two circles, and we can lay out this roadmap. You know, I love what you asked earlier about, was well, is it it's an instant sort of deal, right? We're gonna lay out a 12-month roadmap that forces you to commit, where you're gonna have every month a new project, a new challenge, a new reading, a series of workouts, That are all geared every month it's different that are all geared towards showing you what true honorable masculine virtue looks like that puts you in the role of a provider and a protector and a presider and showing you the skills around that but then also having conversations around that every single week with some of the best men on the planet so this is a apogee strong started as a virtual program 12 months you get new projects and challenges every single month throughout the duration of the 12 months. But you also have a platform that we are all communicating around daily. Mm-hmm. And every week we bring in another good man who is out doing great things for society. And they pour into the young men too on a live call. We run it as a podcast, but we'll do it as a live call. So the young men are interacting. One week they'll interact with a you know, a famous actor. And then the next week will be a Navy SEAL. And the next week will be a, a comedian. The next it's week always, will be a billionaire seals, CEO. Always be a, it's seals. always the SEALs and the Rangers <laughs> and the, you know, yeah, I don't want to, yeah. and we got Delta guys and we got, <laughs> right. So we got these military guys, but we have these, you know, we have entrepreneurs, we have uh, professional athletes. We've got the through line as these are good men
1: mm.
0: who are telling their stories about how they started as young men mm-hmm. and walked a journey into being a good man. So the young men that we are serving are hearing all of these stories that are wildly different, but they're the same because the patterns to success, the patterns of serving, the patterns of putting others before you, the patterns of living with integrity, saying, no, it's all those things we were talking about, right? The benefit of all these stories, well, they're hearing it in real time too. And so that is becoming their baseline for normal now normal for them at the end of this 12 months is I put others before myself. Normal is I'm going to work out normal is I'm going to push myself to be the most educated version I, I can be right. That's going to become the baseline normal for them. So that's what we do. And by the way, if they finish the 12 months and they pour in, uh, they're invited to stay in perpetuity, no charge. Hmm. So we're building out a I mean, we're, we're, we're about the mission. And that's one of the things that I love about Tim the most, you know, is he's about the mission of doing what's right. And so we're about the mission. They're invited to stay in perpetuity. So we've got young men that are no longer paying but are there every single week. And now they're getting job offers and things too because they're coming out of this program, right? And they're putting together a digital portfolio, by the way, not a resume. (laughs) They're putting together a digital portfolio of the work that they are doing so they can show other people evidence of that work
1: too. So before I ask my next question, this this young lady uh, to your left-
0: Looking for a guy?
2: Oh, I'm married. No, okay. All right. <laughs> no. I was going to say,
0: most of these guys are a little young. No, but it's okay.
1: Her, she had questions around, you know, why are you, why are you focused on, I'll let you answer. Yeah. I'll please let, let ask.
2: Yeah. Actually, you said a couple things that I just was very curious about. Sure. Um, you said weak men. Yep. I, I want to know what qualities you think are of a weak man.
0: Uh, there's many. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, I know. But like, yeah. Do you think? There are many, right? So. There's and there's different versions and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a nuanced conversation that dad who has a 16 year old young lady That he has failed to lead and she is now in a prime position to have an awful life mm-hmm. Well, he's a he's a weak man. He did not he's not leading his family mm-hmm. Right, and when we say leading we don't mean patriarch you tell everybody else what to do No, yeah. you lead by example mm-hmm. and you elevate everyone else around you right my job as a husband is is to elevate my wife to help her be the best version of herself possible. Whatever I can do to serve her so that she becomes that. Right? And would Whatever. you
2: say that's vice versa, like your wife? Of course. Yeah. That's the
0: beauty of the design, right? Mm-hmm. And she does the same thing to elevate me, to my, and that's why it's a great partnership. That's what we're supposed to be after. And we're supposed to do the exact same thing with our kids, right? But the the cultural propensity now to have these weak men who – who don't have the ability to communicate in that way? Who don't have the understanding of how to lead? Who are distracted in all the different ways that there are to be a stri- distracted now? Right? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play video games instead of going out and conquering uh, the world somehow. Right? And going and providing like going on a real life adventure. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tick off that box in my mind by playing video games mm-hmm. and I'm going to pour into my wife and build this great relationship now nah, I mean she's there and that's cool but I got porn on demand right and you got all of these different I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy who talks about all that you know quotes Jocko and Goggins and all these kind of things but I'm wildly unhealthy and out of shape and I'm right so there's a number of different ways this plays out mm-hmm. um, where you're not moving towards the ideal and that's the majority of of the men in society I would say now
2: I, I loved that you brought up communication because I it's think huge it, it's huge especially in relationships it, in work just you' gotta life be told and it. men who cannot communicate or anyone who can't communicate right you're gonna fail
0: That's right and I want and I want to make sure that we expand on that too because there is also a big push in society for men to communicate like women mm-hmm. and that's also not healthy right Men and women are different mm-hmm. I know that's not trendy to say but that's the way shit is yeah. men and women are different. And when we start asking men to communicate, that's a good thing. When we start saying you have to communicate like women do and what's the most beneficial to them, which is how we treat these things now, well, that in itself is bad too. So men are action biased. We are action-oriented. Mm-hmm. That is how we are. You can say that's how we're designed. You can say that's how we evolved. I don't care. We'll get in, that's a different conversation. But the reality is that's how we're designed. So yes, should we be able to talk through our feelings and emotions? A hundred percent. We should recognize those and go, okay, why you know, why are we experiencing this? Why are we feeling this? Let's talk through that. And then we need to try to take action around a solution that's a that's a positive solution right where women do a better job with intuition with having a little more of that face-to-face time a little more of that interaction traditional therapeutic measures serve women longer than they do men. I'm not saying men shouldn't go to therapy. It's a great thing yeah. for a short period of time. Then sure they need period. to take then they need to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, you know, so that's that's part of that communication piece. And yeah, speaking
1: for myself, once I've mentally solved the problem, if I don't take action, it actually creates anxiety. It actually creates
0: anxiety. Yep. If we're not taking it's action. Like, hey, that's why we have I, so
1: many anxious young men. I know I have to do this. If yep. I don't do it, it's like Ugh.
0: Bingo yeah. so we've got all these anxious young men who are again they go to school that's being that's telling them sit down be quiet don't take action on anything right and then they come out and it's it's like you've got all these virtual distractions because they want to take action on something but oh if I can take action and do it this way I'm checking it off again in my box if I can take action and bring up the point I'm checking off that you know relationship piece I'm che- there's so many of these distractions and these are the things that are creating the the weakness
2: mm-hmm.
0: does that make sense yeah yeah
1: yeah there's a lot of jokes about it online but you know, this generation of men is having less sex. They're yeah. having sex way later in life. Yep. They're a, a bigger percentage by a wide margin will not procreate. Yep. And in, yep. in general terms, and, and you know people can argue about this and what's fair or whatever, but in general terms, when you have a society that has a lot of men mm-hmm. that are not... In relationships that are mm-hmm. meaningful, yep. you have a problem. You have a problem. It is a societal problem. Bingo. Because those those are the guys those that are miserable, yep. that are shooting up schools, yep. that are committing, you know, That's right. taking their lives. That's right. um, those are the guys that uh, are making the misogynist comments Correct. online. They're the ones that are sending, you know, dick pics. Yep. They're the ones that are, you know, those are the guys that they're are. They're the ones that
0: get into the trafficking. They get into, those are the them. guys. Those are the guys. Because they're perpetual boys. Yes. And we are not designed to be perpetual boys. At some point, you've got to decide. Yeah to step into masculinity right like we used to do that as uh, there used to be these rites of passage and good men again that's going yeah. back to apogee strong good men bringing young men into these rites of passage to become a man it is a decision to do it. our dna hasn't changed you know teenager wasn't even a word until 1944. i didn't know that wasn't even a word <laughs> wasn't even a word you just you're 13 congratulations cool yeah start, is working. It, start working yeah Start working, and it's not like we're incapable. Yeah. Our DNA hasn't changed in 80 years. The expectations have changed. It, it is. We've lowered it, the bar.
1: Even in my lifetime, you know, when I was, I can't remember if it was 11 or 12. Yeah. But like I bought a paper route yep. off of another kid yep. that was like leaving the paper route because he was now old enough to get like a real job. Yep. So I had a paper route for years. Bingo. And then as soon as I was old enough, like I sold the paper route to another kid. Right. And then I was a short order cook yep. and like, that was just you moved on to your next you thing. That's exactly right. That's and Hey, by
0: the way, day. in the relationship things, you had to actually go up to the girl and talk I to had her, go up and, you and actually had to ask her out had, in person Yeah, and she might say no, and, it was and you soul might have to huh. Like, soul crushing. Uh, you weren't you just, sliding you know. into somebody's DMS, get the yeah. fuck, get yeah. out of <laughs> here, dude. Yeah. No, you're right. You like know? that was, you actually had to have like a pair.
1: They don't even, most kids don't even know. What that's like. Like the rejection of that's right. in person. That's right. Is. That's right. Like it was like the camera in, in a show that's like, you know, that's and right. you're just staring there. Yes, like, dude. Yeah. But you re-
0: but you learned that you could survive. Yeah, it's like, oh, right. Okay, it wasn't you that bad. You came back around. That's right. And so you learned that you were resilient, yeah. that you were capable. That you're okay, you learn to fix what the mistakes were, how you went about it. If you went about it like you're yeah. impish, you learn to fix it. If you went about it like a total douchebag, you learn to fix it, yeah. right? There were the natural consequences that made you step up that's right. or lose. That's right. That's how life works. By
1: the way, that's education. <laughs> so what is your ultimate goal with you know, with energy yeah. Strong? Yeah,
0: free as many freaking people as I can. To create as many warriors as possible that are going to go forward and lead other people to learn to think and act upon their thoughts, serving other human beings. I mean, that's it. It's
1: unleashing these ninjas on the world. Awesome. Is there anything that you wish I had asked you that I didn't ask you?
0: Um. I mean no because i think we got to the, bit, the one of the questions that i get sometimes on on, on shows too and i think we've alluded to this and, and it's what i want people to be able to take away especially if they are parents um you know one of, the, one of the questions i guess i get a lot is you know what is what's what's the one thing parents can do or what's the one thing the reality is to stop operating out of fear because mm. the majority of people parents or otherwise operate out of fear and it is that fear that is stopping you from questioning everything. It's that's that fear that is stopping you from maintaining curiosity, right? where education is about growth and if you're not continuously curious about something and questioning your own beliefs and going to war with your own ideas and the ability to have, like, if you're not doing all that, you're not living a life where you're existing. Yep, You're existing. And it's all rooted in the fear and it's usually the fear of somebody else's opinions. And it's the fear of something you've been to. I mean, I tell people all the time, like one of the easiest ways to get into college if you want to play that game is to not even graduate high school. But you think you already know. Well, you got to go to high school. You got to get grades. You think you already know something. You think you already know... And this happens for anything. You think you already know what it means to be healthy. You think you already know what it means to be spiritual. You think you already know. So you stop going to war with your own ideas. You stop questioning. You stop being curious. And you're afraid to do all of that. So you stop growing. Mm -hmm. Get back to the root of that fear and eliminate that. Life looks pretty good.
1: Yeah. The only thing I worry about with my kids are the big things. Crashing cars. Sure. You know. Yep. Yep. Pregnancy, like sure. the things that really do affect your life. Of course. The rest of it. Like yep. I t- and I tell them this. I don't care, you know, where you go to school mm-hmm. if you go to school. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you study if you go to school. Mm-hmm. Like you are making all these decisions. Mm-hmm. I give them advice mm-hmm. on right, hey, this is I, I'm a believer that there are there are actually only a handful of skills. Oral communication, written communication, math. And analytics, However you define that. But mm-hmm. the ability to take mm-hmm. information, whether it's yep. mathematical information yep. or, you know, subjective oral kind of facts mm-hmm. and make an assessment. Yep. If you're not a doctor or a lawyer or something that requires a very specific, you know, mechanic something. Yep. That's it. Yep. And those are the skills. And if if you're not building those four skills with whatever you're studying, then you're not actually growing. That's yeah. my personal yeah
0: belief. i think that's absolutely fair and i think all of those are done better outside of school that takes you the other direction i fully do
2: i, I mean, love it i love it my personal take from this whole conversation was men go to therapy it's okay don't stay there forever but you can go that's what i learned and
0: too. hey not everybody has to. there's another trendy thing i was like yeah. hey all guys should go to therapy.
2: Bullsh- no they should not yeah
0: you know <laughs> if they're if they're happy healthy joyful serving other people already already action oriented feeling good like therap- therapy's
1: yeah i was i was i was, was going to end but i actually want to push back on that because <laughs> there is this trend right now and i and, and the idea that men are broken and women are are great is just not true and, and this is a thing that is like really being pushed right now yep. there are extremely good men there are extremely good women For and there sure. are a whole bunch of men and women that are not whole because Agreed. their parents did not do the job that they were supposed to do Agreed. or the school didn't do the job it was supposed to do or any combination therein. Mm. and so i think when we start doing when we start you know men just need to go to therapy therapy is i've gone to therapy I went to therapy after, you know, in the you know in the middle of my divorce and and afterwards by myself for a while. It was very helpful. I don't go anymore. I don't need it now. If I do, I'll go back. Yeah. But for for men, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. And I'm I'm trying to explain this to you. We need to do something. Mm -hmm. Talking about it is helpful only
0: to get you the point to do.
1: build a pathway to execution me like figuring out what i think gives me no pleasure no ease no it's it's nothing for me other than what is the next thing i need to execute to make my mm-hmm. life better that i didn't realize before mm-hmm. that's the value of therapy for men mm-hmm. it's not to that's come that's the
2: value of therapy for you not for all men, I would say. Mm-hmm. I would, I would never speak like I that. would
1: never speak for all people. Yeah. But in general terms, that has been my experience.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I don't think you need to go to therapy forever. I went to therapy. I'm no longer in therapy because yeah. I worked through what I needed to. I learned what I needed to to be able to like push through that. Yeah. And that's what I would recommend for everyone. I think when we talk about men going to therapy, it's like no, but I think it's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to admit that you need to go to therapy. That's really what it is. But,
1: but I, I just think, and again, the, the thing that I'm really pushing back on is the idea that men bad, women good. Mm-hmm. It, it's not true. And, and I'm not saying that you said that. Yeah. But there is absolutely a, a social push. media, you know, cultural push that like, man, women have it all on lock and men suck. And at some point, like men start internalizing that stuff. The young generation, you know, you get these guys that are like, I have to, I have to do whatever my girlfriend says, my wife says. And actually, you know, that creates problems. Like it is your job as a husband, your job as a wife to have honest conversations with your spouse Mm -hmm. and to like figure out what the issues are. When you disagree, have those conversations. It is not your job to say, yes, honey. It's not your job to say like, yes, husband. Like that is, you have to air that stuff or you end up in a bad situation. And I I just, I do think there is a crisis with young men. I think that, I think it's important to figure out how to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's a crisis with young women. Agreed. I uh, I think that there is a belief that anything that women do is okay. And they don't have to be disciplined. And they don't have to have a plan. And they don't have to have, you know, they screw up. It's, you know, okay, it'll be fine. Men screw up. And... You know, they're losers. Like there is definitely like an issue there because we have invested in a a good way for a long time in women. You know, women are crushing it right now. You know, they are dominating college. They're dominating, you know, amongst young people. They're dominating careers. If you extract, um, you know, the factors for the time women leave to have children, women make more money. I mean, women are doing well now. And we're still talking about how men suck. And we're still talking about how men are broken. And I do think there are broken men. But like how much of that is also that we have started perpetuating this idea that like guys, guys are not good. Yeah. It's just not true. Yeah, it should never be an either or
0: situation. It should be a yes and. Yeah. Let's make the best possible version of guys. and yeah. Make the best possible version mm-hmm. of women. Let's understand that there are some similarities in both. And there are some differences, and that's one of the hardest parts about relationships too—is understanding. As a husband, I have to understand my wife does operate somewhat differently too. She's got to do her best to understand that for me, and we got to work together through that. All right? And it's a beautiful—it's a beautiful thing when both sides are committed to doing that. It should be a yes and. Let's do both, and that's why also Tim and I know that we do want to do something for the young ladies. We also know we're not the ones to design it ultimately, mm-hmm. right? And so we're having some great conversations with some great women that are coming in to help us that's awesome. uh, help us out you that's know, awesome. t- tulsi and and katie wells and i mean there's some some phenomenal phenomenal women that are going to help us to build that out too because we know we're not the guys to go
2: yeah
0: hey we're not going to have the answers on luck. like that's not that's not us and yeah. that's okay that's it's good.
2: important to invest in everyone yes it really yeah. is and it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be like a, a guy girl thing it should be an everyone thing mm-hmm. and i totally agree i i do think men get like shit on a lot i really do and i have a fantastic husband i have a wonderful partner so i i no longer feel that way because i've experienced something different it's hard when sometimes all you know is like terrible terrible men terrible (laughs) relationships but that you know goes all the way back to education and communication and things like that so Mm -hmm. i I would agree that you know invest in everyone Mm -hmm. spend time with everyone it's not you know Girls get all the good stuff now, or, or guys don't get anything, or guys get everything, girls don't get ev- mm-hmm. anything at all. You know, I think investing in everyone is is the best way. And then social, I mean, social media is like the biggest issue, honestly. It is because. All the drama that gets put online, everyone picks sides. Oh, like it was his fault, it was her fault. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Selena and Haley and Justin Bieber issues right now, but I,
1: I <laughs> promise that I don't
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, like it's a whole thing, and it's like pitting women against women. I don't even have, yeah. like, I don't know yeah. the other two yeah. are, <laughs> but it, it is like I, I see it online, it, it's like his fault, and it's not her fault. but it can easily be her fault, just like women can be abusive towards men. And can be abusive. That's one of those women.
0: distractions we we're talking about. You know what I mean? I don't even do shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what, what's my. I want to just worry about what's my fault. I'm yeah. so invested. <laughs> and <laughs> what can I, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's that.
1: Like bringing it back to therapy, the best thing that you can do is not have a terrible therapist. If it's shoulder to cry on and, and to bring new problems to every week, oftentimes the same thing, your therapist is not. Doing like, it dude. Wrong. Uh, Your therapist should have an objective idea of how you're going to overcome something and say, what I want for you is one day that you don't need me anymore.
0: That's, and hey, by the way, that's what every good educator should do as well, right? At the end of the day, all education is self-education. A good educator means you don't need me anymore, right? Uh, What's that? The Last Dragon. You ever see that movie? <laughs> dude, Bruce Leroy, right?
2: Blue- God, dude, one of the best yeah. movies of all time. But at the very beginning, right?
0: The master's like, there's one place you have left to look, you know. And, and once you get there, because he's telling him, like, look inside yourself, man. I've got yep. you've gotten everything that you need yep. right now. Now you're capable of moving forward, right? I
1: thought that was the coolest movie in the dude, world. Dude, it's still kidding. the coolest movie. Not what I thought.
0: <laughs> it's still so good, but that's the reality. A good educator is eventually a good parent, gets to the point where they're still there. There's still a relationship, but the young person is now capable of going forward. A good educator right a good doctor would be like hey at this point you're you're your own physician you know and i'm here if you need something in the relationship right a a good a good pastor a good priest goes hey now you have a relationship with god i'm here on the side right but i'm not going to tell you you know you know yeah how to right that's right that's what we're talking about that's what it that's what education that's what education
1: is and now it's time for the warrior rising veteran entrepreneur of the week Warrior Rising is the preeminent veteran entrepreneurship charity in the galaxy. Warrior Rising provides education, mentorship, grants, and more to veteran entrepreneurs. No one helps build more successful vetrepreneurs than Warrior Rising. Each week, Warrior Rising selects one entrepreneur to feature in our program. Here's this week's. How do you do, fellow kids? You may be thinking that I don't look like a skater, but you're wrong. I'm a big skater. I skated out of the womb. I once had dinner with Tony the Hawk after hitting the infamous 720 kickflip McTwist. And I could not have done it without my trusty board from Bunker Skateboards. This veteran-owned company makes its boards right here in the U.S. of A. Each of them crafted locally in Woodstock, Georgia. Not to mention they have some of the coolest decals I've ever seen on a skateboard. And that's saying a lot. Guaranteed to help your skate game. Just don't expect to hit the old 720 kick, flick, McTwist like me. That's just too much of a rookie move for most of you. Get yours at BunkerSkateboards.com. That's BunkerSkateboards.com. All right. With that, we have to go to the most important part of the show. Madam. (laughs)
2: Rapid fire question. We're trying it.
1: Ooh. We're trying it with a hat here. All right. Uh, but first, there's always a question that I ask everyone. Okay. And this is the most important question you've been asked today. Mm. What is the toughest animal that you could defeat in hand to hand combat?
0: I freaking love that question. Um, I've always told my wife I was going out fighting a bear, but that was intentionally to die fighting a bear. So I definitely <laughs> will not say bear. Toughest <laughs> animal I can defeat hand to hand. I'm going to go with my experience. It's a, it's a 150 pound Akbash, which is kind of like a great Pyrenees. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go, that's about as, as hard as I can go because he kicks my ass. Um, and it gets pretty close and I'm, sometimes I'm like, he could probably kill me, but most of the time I think I could kill him. So I'm going to go with an Akbash.
1: Okay. That's, you,
0: and also because nobody a, else will say Akbash. That is amazingly, nobody knows. it knows what that is, that, that, that's, that is that's, amazingly
1: specific that's, uh, All right. experience. All right. I love yeah. it. I love it. We had, just so you know, we had, we have had people that think they could take a lion. I just want you to, they, you
0: want to put you that out there. Then should never, don't even air the episode.
1: Okay. These are, so these questions I did not write. Okay. And I don't know what they are. All right. So nice. I apologize in advance.
0: I apologize for my answers.
1: Do you consider yourself a contender for sexiest man alive? And do you think I could win sexiest man alive?
0: Do I consider myself a contender? Apparently for both first the you life? and then, okay. and then me.
1: Do you uh, think
2: you could win? Hey, 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 this is you're do done.
1: I, do <laughs> I, you're <laughs> done. We've had enough Quigley for the day. There uh, this is 10 seconds, so, like, yeah, it's gotta be rapid fire.
0: Oh, okay. Well then that's easy. No and no,
1: man. That, that that's hurt. a pretty easy that one. hurts that hurts yeah, a little bit no said, yeah sexy. i'm not sexy i'm not sexy Sexy? yes sexiest man alive no <laughs> no it's fair i sorry ryan I'm reynolds reynolds has it on lock i'm definitely i'm not ryan reynolds has it on yeah, lock, it on lock. it's a done deal right that's self-awareness yeah. right. i'm gonna i'm gonna that's go right. Right. Out on a lemons uh, i don't I'm, think i'm in the top four billion you know so that's, i got more, that's fair I, that's fair that's hilarious all right all right uh Learn by watching or learn by doing? We already
0: uh, know. Uh, come on now. Let's go. It. What
1: a dumb question. You, All okay. right. Whoever wrote that question is a moron. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, what has been your favorite age so far?
0: Uh, 43. Right now. Right we, now. It gets gonna, better knew, every year. I knew you were going to say it's that. It's better every year dad, because I control it.
1: My dad has said that my entire life. Said it gets better every year. It gets better so every year. Just, if you, you, know. you decide that Do you it will. you know my dad? Is if that, you will, I
0: don't know your dad. I would like to know your dad. Maybe he's the sexiest man alive probably is it's not us uh
1: what non existent job do you wish existed
0: uh ultra like more white morpheus <laughs> white Morpheus, that's that's the job. White Morpheus, right where I get did you. To just,
1: just did you just create a yep. white
0: exploitation
1: yep. film genre? Sure did.
0: I Figured we already probably <laughs> pissing people what? off with the man and woman thing. What? Let's let's <laughs> piss people off here. What is white? Morpheus? White Morpheus, where I just, I just spend, have to know. I just spend time opening doors for other people to take a look and go, hey man, I'm inviting you to walk through. Right. To, to become okay. the one in your own life okay. kind of deal. So when I picture right? Lawrence Morpheus, Fishburne am I am but...
1: picturing like you, or am I picturing like an albino? Oh, I thought
0: Lawrence the Fisher. job was specifically for me. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. it was oh. me. No, it, it was hundred percent. It, it was for anybody. Oh, no. That's why, that's why no, white Morpheus I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about Haley and Justin and Selena. Selena thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about me. I didn't get sexiest man. I want white Morpheus. All
1: right. You can travel to the past or the future. Which would you do?
0: Great question. Um. The 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 past, uh, yeah, uh, for myself personally, yeah, I would travel to the past. All right, I'm gonna
1: ask two check. more questions. Okay. Oh, okay. What is your go-to karaoke song?
0: <laughs> um, the it's f- realistically probably the Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, theme song. Uh,
1: I need to wrap it. And but, and uh, the, the follow-on uh, question is, sing ten seconds. Of it. <laughs>
0: uh yeah west philadelphia born and raised on the playgrounds where i spent most of my days chilling out maxing and relaxing all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys that were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood <laughs> got one little fight my mom got scared. and said move auntie well done yeah. Yeah.
1: well done Boom. Wow. do we end, end it there end it, end i think it. we have to not I my first have time not my first time <laughs> not my first time <laughs> Matthew Boudreaux, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Honor is mine, brother. Thank you.